Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. multiple subjects in four weeks. Uh, we'll begin today with the Sabbath principle. We're going to be talking about moderation. We're going to be talking about right priorities and social media. Amen. So you don't want to miss not one service in the month of September. It's going to be a great time. Let's pray over his word today. Lord, we love you. Thank you so very much for the privilege that you've allowed us to be here today. Help us to take full advantage of our time together. Help us, Lord, not to waste not one moment of this service and not one portion of this service, God. Let it, let it, let everything that we say and let everything that we that we do, Lord, have power and meaning. And I pray your anointing upon us today and to strengthen us not only to speak your word, but to hear your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and you can be seated. I'm uh, going to be talking about the Sabbath principle today, and and so no matter what you uh, may think about that title, I'm going to ask you not to form an opinion until we are finished here this evening or <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Sound like we was going to be a while, didn't it? <laughs> the Book of Luke, chapter ten, and verse number forty-one and forty-two. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Of course, we're jumping into the middle of a story that's already in the full throes, but here is Mary and Martha and each of them have a response to being in the presence of the Lord, but they are certainly opposite response responses. And, um, and so we're going to talk about this Sabbath principle today. At the heart, I believe, of every child of God and, and at the heart of everything we do in our Christian life should be worship at the very core of what we do. It should be worship to the Lord. Church is not a, an entertainment center. It's not where you are the audience and we are the performers. Amen. But what we're doing is we are worshiping the Lord. And so in, uh, in everything, I believe the core and the heart of all that we do in our Christian life is worship. And so I, I think it's certainly important that we do everything within our power to propagate the gospel to the lost, that we are certainly called to evangelize and to, and to disciple the world in which we live. It's apparent, or at least it should be apparent, that uh, 
that one of the essential elements of a church would be to minister and to help hurting people. There are people that we meet every day or at least every week. There are people that we meet that need God's mercy. As a matter of fact, every day we need God's mercy. But we certainly meet people that just need the mercy of God. But the key element in all of this is that we must, if we're going to represent the Lord as we should, if we're going to do our jobs as we should, then we ourselves have got to spend time with him and we have to learn of him. We have to know him. You can't lead somebody where you've never been. You can't introduce someone to someone you've never met. Amen. And so before we can represent the Lord as we should, then we have to spend time with him and we have to learn of him and know him. Three times Mary of Bethany in scripture is found at the feet of Jesus. In Luke 10 and 39, she sat at his feet and she listened to his word. In John 11, 32, upon the death of, of, death of Lazarus, she fell at his feet. And in that, in, the, in that moment, she shared with him her brokenness and her anguish. In John 12, she came to his feet and poured out her worship. So three times we see this one lady at the feet of the Lord. Mary... And Martha, when we think about uh, Mary and Martha, many, many years ago, or, or several years ago at least, Brother Rayleigh preached a message about Mary and Martha, and a uh, very, very powerful message, impacted, um, it certainly impacted me. I, I've never, to be honest with you, I've never read the story of Mary and Martha again the same. And um, do you remember the title? Okay, tell me. Keeping Mary's heart while living in Martha's world. Go to the church website if, and look that up. It's a great. It is a great uh, message. Amen. And um, for just twenty nine ninety five, you don't want to miss that. It is, it is a tremendous, tremendous message. And so, when we think of Mary and Martha, we have one. <coughs> that we kind of categorize in this vein and another in this vein. And they're often, their lives, and if I could maybe even just say their lives and their ministries, are often contrasted in such a way until when we read it in Scripture, it's, it's contrasted in such a way till it, it leaves the reader with the impression that we have to make a choice. Are we going to be a worshiper or are we going to be a worker? But... I, I understand that everybody in the kingdom of God has, and everybody in the local church has their own personalities, and we have our own giftings, and that's what makes us uniquely us. However, I, does, I don't believe that just because we have our own gift and our call and that we have our own personalities that it creates an either-or scenario, that we're either worshipers or we're workers. And, and sadly, there are people that have lived their whole lives like that, and they have been workers, let's just say. And we, we're thankful that God has blessed the church at large with workers because there's a lot of work to be done. But we can't sacrifice worship on the altar of work. And if we're not careful, we can have, at the end of that, you can just have unanointed talent. 
and that's a dangerous thing, a very dangerous thing. You can have people that are very gifted, and, and uh, that could be a long list that we could, very gifted at, in administrative uh, skill, in administrative skills, very gifted in, in a lot of different areas, but if they're not anointed of God, that can, and they're just operating in their flesh and operating carnally, then that can be a very dangerous thing. And so I don't think it's an either-or situation, and that's how I want to approach this today. I think the Lord would want us to imitate and kind of have a little of both of this, that we, would, that we could be Mary in worship <laughs> and that we could be Martha when it comes time to work that we can have a combination of, of both of those things. In Psalms 26, 12, David makes this reference. He says, my foot standeth in an even place. And I believe that there is something to be said about balance when it comes to work and worship. There should be a, there should be a fine balance in all of that. And um, consider the setting of our text. Martha, if we're just going to, going to just try to keep our minds right here in this room for a moment, in the room, in this scripture. So here is Martha that has received Jesus into her home. And what a wonderful thing that would be to know that Jesus was in your home. And then she completely neglected him. She just went to the kitchen. And she starts working. And Jesus is in the house. And in this case, this is a literal event that's unfolding. She's busy preparing a meal, and let's just think about it. I'm not being crude, but she's busy preparing a meal, a meal that he did not even need. But she's busying herself. I, I, obviously, if, if you have guests in your home, then a meal is in order. And so she had a guest in her home, and a meal was in order. And so I'm not being unkind. But there's a powerful principle that we should never forget, and that is this, that what we do with him is far more important than what we do for him. Amen. And so I think when we come to the house of God that we should be worshipers. We need to understand the power of that because we need to have a relationship with him and not just be working for him. We need to be connected to him. Again, I don't think it's an either or situation. I think I'm going to go back to what David said balance. We need to find that even place, an even place. Few things are as damaging to our walk with God as, as, as trying to work for the Lord without having a true relationship with Him. Now, I'm just going to use a couple of illustrations. I'm not shooting at anybody from behind this desk. I'm just trying to put a handle on the cup if I can. But I'm telling you that you can lose out with God while teaching a Sunday school class. You absolutely can. You could just become so wrapped up and involved in what you're doing. And we need Sunday school teachers. We need people that are involved in children's ministry. But not at the risk of just having warm bodies in a room that don't have a relationship with the Lord. But at the same time, there is a job to be done. And so we can't just walk around crying and speaking in tongues all the time you got to stop that long enough to teach the class. And so some people, I've met people that, as I don't know if it was a song or a saying, but they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And so we don't just levitate six inches off the ground every day. 
and just run around doing business for the king because sometimes there's real business to be done. And uh, you got to roll up your sleeves and, and if the ditch needs to be dug, you got to dig the ditch. And so whatever needs to happen. But we, in all of this, we need, to have, we need to have that balance. And so Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do. Martha's problem was the fact that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her apart. I mean, Jesus is in the house. It was a, an, a wonderful opportunity to worship him. And so, in truth, she was trying to serve two masters. In, in absolute truth, she was trying to serve two masters. And so, the key, of course, I think is to have right priorities. And it's vitally important that we spend time with the Lord every day. I have a lot of ground to cover today, and I'm going to try my very best to get it all in because um, I've tried to alleviate, eliminate rather everything that I possibly can. But I, I, I want the Lord to speak something to our heart today. I don't want to just talk at you. I want the Lord to speak to us. We had to avail ourselves to Him and allow opportunities for Him to share His Word with us. We've got to make ourselves available for the Lord to speak to us. And so our prayer time... And in our and our times in reading the Word of God, shouldn't be us just sprinting through trying to reach the end, ring the bell at the end, so to speak. And so, in our prayer time, I've often said, when you when we get through talking to the Lord, we need to just be quiet and leave some time for the Lord to talk to us. And in His Word, when we're reading His Word, we need to allow the Word of God to be able to minister to us and speak to us. I believe that the that the most important part of our Christian life is the part that only God can see. That's the most important part because he understands and knows the real us. And so unless we meet the Lord personally, and I believe unless we meet the Lord privately each day, then we're soon going to end up like Martha. We're going to be very, very busy, but not altogether blessed. Amen. And so I want to pause here this morning, and I want to ask each and every one of you an individual question. I would like for you to envision me moving from the pulpit. I won't. But I, I would like for you to envision me moving from the pulpit and walking straight to your pew and just looking you eye to eye. And I'd like to ask you this question. I want you to think about your personal devotional life. This is not a pop quiz. This is not a season to shame or embarrass anybody. But we need to think about our personal devotional life. And if I'm lacking in some area, then I'm going to have some issues in another area of my life. Most of us would, would really like to be like Mary. We would really love to be that worshiper. And, but all too often we find ourselves acting more like Martha. And if we don't make a definite decision, and if we don't do that now, I'm, I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by, amen, but if we don't make an intentional effort and a decision to withdraw and to unplug from the busyness of life in order to spend time with the Lord, then we're going to, be in, we're going to end up being carried along with the tide of less important issues. Amen. Little, if any time at all, will remain in our daily schedule for what's most important. And what's most important is my relationship with the Lord. People and things in our life are not going to make time for us to spend time with the Lord. 
our schedule's not just going, we're not just going to wake up one day and one morning and say, well, look at there, an extra 30 minutes, an extra 45 minutes, an extra hour. We have to be intentional about those things or it will never, it will never happen. You're never going to get around to it. That's the, I promise you, you're never just going to get around to it. We have to make time ourselves. So in the story of Mary and Martha, Jesus didn't reprove Martha because she was doing wrong things. He reproved her because she was doing right things at the wrong time. Jesus is in the house. Amen. The stove will be there later. We can cook after a while. But Jesus is in the house. She was working when she should have been really just sitting in his presence listening. Well, I want to get something from the Lord. I want to get something. I want to hear something from him. Like Martha, many things, even good things, I believe we can all agree, even good things compete for our attention and they can, can distract us in our relationship with God. We live in a noisy world. My goodness, we live in a noisy world. And so this is why Jesus' words to Martha have to remind us that we must make time for spiritual renewal. We must make time for spiritual renewal. So the words of Jesus to Martha call us to embrace what has often been called the Sabbath principle. And so that is the heart of my subject today, but there's a lot to touch on. God commanded his people in the Old Testament to rest on the seventh day of the week and to cease from all forms of labor. And so when, you, when you're reading through the word of God and you, you begin reading in the Old Testament, you come across these principles. And, and um, it, it's a neat thing. It's just a matter of fact, before I even knew this was what um, our fall session, our fall uh, lessons were going to be about, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, about how how um, intriguing it is to me when I read through the Levitical law of how God set everything in place. The truth of the matter is we wouldn't be in the mess we're in if we would just do what the Lord said. Amen. That, I'm being very, very honest. You say, well, you're just being too idealistic. No, not really. Amen. We would not be in the mess we're in if we follow the principles of the Lord. And so the word Sabbath comes from the word which which means rest. And the point of their resting was not just a day off. And I think that's where we miss it. The Sabbath day is not just a day off where we're just going to, you know, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to cook any meals, wash any clothes. We're not going to do any kind of labor. But the Sabbath was not just taking time off from secular things and responsibilities, but it was also just as important to build room in your life to be rejuvenated not only in your body, but to be rejuvenated in your spirit by having that time to pray, that time to listen to the voice of the Lord, that time to be in the presence of God and hear God speak something back into our heart. In Exodus 20 and 10, the Bible says, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And so their rest was to be taken in his presence. Amen. Can I get up in your business just a minute? It wasn't just a Sabbath day so we can go fishing. A Sabbath day so we can go hunting. Or a Sabbath day so you can go see your mother-in-law. The Sabbath day was a time to disconnect from this world and plug into that world. And so if we set aside time for rest and spiritual renewal... 
that builds a necessary foundation for health and a healthy ongoing relationship with the Lord because if we don't rest, you know, we have developed a culture in our world that, you know, if somebody works seven days a week, man, we just applaud them and think, man, what a great work ethic. I mean, they, they've never taken a vacation. They never take a day off. You sh we shouldn't applaud that. Amen. That's not biblical. Because we're so freaked out about somebody thinking that we're lazy. If somebody called us at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, did we wake you up? We're, we just want to say, <clears throat> no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I was out here milking the cows. Because we don't want anybody to ever think <laughs> that's the truth. You, we don't want anybody to think that God in heaven, you know, those recliners in there, we just bought those for looks. We never sit in those. But it's a part of what God said we should be doing to let the body rest. You let, the Bible talks about, I don't want to get too far off the beaten path, but in the Levitical law that you didn't even, you didn't even till the land in the seventh year. You gave the land a time to rest. Why? Because it's been producing, 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 producing. And so we artificially today, we artificially fertilize the, strengthen the ground by fertilizing all kind of things that we do so that we can just keep going and never stop. And you think about the, the land. You just think about the land with me for just a moment. One crop is barely finished before they're plowing that under and another crop is just going in. Don't you think at some point if the land could say something, they would raise their hand and say, hey, what about a day off? What about a season off? What about some time off so that we can rest, but we just keep artificially strengthening it? But it, it's got to be taking something away. Am I right? So if we think about that physically, that we just think that the more we do, the more hours, you know, if we could just only, we could trim this down and get by on four hours of sleep a, a day, how much better off we would be and how much more efficient we would be? No, not at all, not at all. Because there is a Sabbath principle where we need to rest our body and that we need to be in that moment and season of rest that we can rest from physical labor and that we can hear the presence of the Lord. My goodness, the clock is moving. I have got to get on here, but... I want to focus on that that spiritual renewal and, and to focus myself and to help us focus on some fundamental practices that make that possible. One, one way to live the Sabbath principle is to set aside a day like we have here to worship the Lord, not just ourselves, but to get together with other believers. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. I'm thankful for that principle. I'm going to have to skip some of this, whoever's doing the media. I'm going to have to skip some of this for the sake of time, but... Jesus is a great example, some of our scriptures I'm saying. Uh, he is a great example to follow. And so if it was customary for him together with others to worship on a particular day, then I think it ought to be customary for you and I to do that. There's, there's strength here. Amen. There's something about being in the house of God. There's something about being present when the doors of this, worship, this house of worship is open. You, and, and the Bible talks about in Acts 2 that they continue steadfastly. They continue daily with, in one accord, breaking bread from house to house. Did they eat their meat with gladness of heart or singleness of heart? 
Amen. Frequently gathering, I believe, with one another brings opportunities for spiritual growth. If that was characteristic of the early believers, then it certainly ought to be characteristic of us. Now, the Lord didn't command, you know, how long this day should last or how long this time of worship should last or our times together. But if we understand that our times together are such a great blessing, then we ourselves should not want to see them come to a close. I understand that we can't just camp out here all day long, but I, I don't think that we should come to church going home. <laughs> we don't show up with going home on your mind. How long is this going to last and how long is this going to take? I got to get back home. I got to do this. I got to do that. We should come together understanding the power of what this service means to us. Now, it doesn't mean that if we miss one single service or one single time of fellowship, that that's going to just bring our walk with God to a screeching halt. But I can tell you that it doesn't take long to develop habits. And when it, starts, when it stops bothering us to miss one service, then we'll miss two and then three, and then after a while it will be nothing. The decision to, to, to stay home will be easier than the decision to go. Amen. But... But the writer of Hebrews said not to forsake ourselves. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves rather together. So I, my, my wife taught, um, I believe, a, a Mother's Day or a Father's Day uh, several years ago. And she used an illustration. And so I, I want to borrow from that today. And, and I, I want to be gentle with this. Um, but when, the, when the, the mother of Moses, you know the story of Moses, how he was put in the Nile River and how that um, Pharaoh's daughter found him and then by the providence of God Moses' own mother was called to nurse him and so they both together now are in the house of Pharaoh and so when, when the mother of Moses would nurse him and I'm not trying to be crass but I just want you to get a picture illustration if you can in your mind it was from the vantage point of that child feeding that she had an opportunity to whisper in his ear, and this was her illustration, Moses, you're not an Egyptian, but you're a Hebrew. <laughs> Amen. It was an opportunity for her to be able to remind Moses who you are, who you are. When she held him, when she when she when she held him in her arms, it was a chance in that moment of intimacy for, for her to have the vantage, the advantage to remind Moses of who he was. Now, I believe this, that when we come to church and when we are being intimately fed, keep that same illustration in your mind. Amen. When we come to church and we are being intimately fed, the Lord has the same opportunity. Today, if we come with the right spirit, we're going to give the Lord the same opportunity to whisper down, amen, and remind us that Jerusalem is the mother of us all. Amen. The church is the mother. Amen. And from the vantage point of being in church, we can remind, be reminded of our heritage. We can be reminded of who we are and what we are. Amen. That's why it's important to be in church. You can listen to the service later. 
You can watch it sometimes live in another setting. But there's something about being in the presence of God, being in the presence of one another, that the Spirit of the Lord can speak something to us and remind us. And so the heart of the Sabbath principle is setting some right priorities in our life. And we have to place our relationship with God and our time with other people as the high priority in our lives. These times with one another are essential. They are so important. Amen. Because most of our time is not going to be spent in worship. And the majority of our life and our days and our weeks are not spent together. Amen. So how much more critical then is it when we have an opportunity to come together for us to be together? Amen. That's going to be a minimal amount of time when we contrast that against the rest of our day and week. And so we've got to find some time to set aside and come in and rest in in the presence of the Lord. Now, two things are vital uh, for spiritual refreshing and growth. And I believe that those two things are prayer and Bible reading. Because in prayer, we speak to God. But when we read the Bible, God speaks to us. And I think both of them are essential for full communication with God and the renewing of our mind. And I think it's great to utilize tools to help us accomplish certain goals uh, that we should all have in our life. For instance, uh, for as long as I can remember, we've used the bread program, Bible Reading Enriches Any Day. And uh, we've used those programs to help us systematically read through the Word of God. And uh, if you would like some of that information or that material, we have that available. And it's not too late. Theoretically, it starts in January and ends in December, but you can get on board at any point. As a matter of fact, September the 1st is a great day, a great day to start. Amen. So it gives us that opportunity to read through the Bible. Of course, we have focused prayer. Um, as we heard this morning, our service open uh, with focused prayer for this week. But we also have prayer guides that are just guides just to help us. They're just it's not necessarily saying what to say, but it's just something to help us uh, get jump started in that. But we need to have to uh, 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 start somewhere, and we need to make a commitment to start somewhere. Amen. And so that will do so much to help you create and help all of us create a time slot in our schedule. Many years ago, many, many years ago, a lady in our church, um, and I just want to say this, that she, that she has never held one position in the church, and so I, I'm just saying that because she's not, I'm not using this illustration, and she's not doing these things because she has a leader in the church, and uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that, a wonderful lady, but she's just never held any position in the church, she's just come, been very faithful to attend, very faithful to be a part of our church. And so years ago, she was talking to me about a promotion that she uh, had been offered on her job. And so it was going to benefit her family and benefit her exponentially. But it was going to require her going into work much, much earlier than what she was accustomed to doing. And so in a very humble and yet very matter-of-fact fashion, she told me how that she had dedicated for years. She said, I dedicated the first hour of every day to prayer and Bible reading. And she told me then how many years she had been doing that. And so she said, so what this promotion means for me is she said, I'm going to have to set my clock an hour earlier. And so now she said, I will be setting my clock at 4 a.m. because I I am not going to rob myself of that one hour that I have dedicated to the Lord all of those years. Amen. She was not going to let that be interrupted. Now, that was a very humbling thing to hear. She shared that very humbly. And uh, and uh, 
I, I, I feel safe in sharing that today because we're doing that in an, in, in an on, anonymous fashion. But I, I'm going to tell you what I think about that. I feel like the Lord blessed her with that promotion because he knew he could trust her. I don't think the Lord was saying, well, look at there. She, she just set her clock an hour early. I think the Lord knew I can trust her. And this is not going to rob uh, uh, my relationship with her. Amen. So, it, you know, it would have been real easy to excuse that away. Amen. It would have been real easy to excuse that away. I worked a job for several years where I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to tell you that, that at that, that time of the day, if you're getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 10 minutes can mean a whole lot. What's a snooze? It's nine minutes. Nine minutes can mean a nine minutes can mean a, a whole lot. But she said, "I will not let what I feel like God has blessed me with rob me from something that I already committed to Him long ago." Amen. So she was determined not to allow that. Uh, other disciplines such as fasting are are essential, and I I believe that they uh, really help us when it comes time to be in prayer in seasons of reading scripture but prayer and scripture reading are, are daily disciplines uh, if if we don't if we don't if we just try to do this on our own what i'm saying if we just say well bless god you know i'm going to i'm going to do this if if we don't allow the lord to help us approach that in the right spirit we're going to miss we're going to miss the meaning of it it can't just be a job amen so it, it's not surprising that the gospels show us that Jesus was a man of prayer and a man of the word. And he is an example of how we should live. And so until the Lord comes, I believe that we are going to face an ever-increasing onslaught of distractions. I face this every day of my life. So many distractions. And you face this every day. I just holding the mic. I'm confessing for all of us. That we face this every day of our life, distractions, where I find that, that something happened and an emergency phone call and we're out the door and I didn't have time to pray. I didn't take time to pray. There was something and I'm going to pray in that evening. I'll get, and then what happens is that I wind up at the end of the day, I've laid down and I realize, you know what? I didn't pray. And so do we just blow that off and say, well, the Lord understands. But you see, the word discipline is a very tough and rigid word. Amen. We need to ask the Lord to help us to understand the power and the privilege that we have been given to communicate with Him. And I want to make sure that the Sabbath principle I get in my heart is understanding that it's not just me a day off. It's not just for me to unplug from this world, but it is for me to unplug from this world and plug in to that world. Amen. Reading the Word of God, reading good books that help us. Amen. I think we need to be selective in that, but reading good books that can help us and challenge us to grow in the Lord. David declared that the blessed person, amen, he said this. He said, delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The apostle Paul noted uh, to the church in Rome that they were continuing steadfastly in prayer. Now, I, I think we all understand that doesn't mean we walk around with our hands clasped together or that we spend the whole day kneeling in a, in a posture or position of prayer. But I believe that we can certainly need those times of prayer in our life. 
Amen. On a daily basis, not just when we're in church and not just when we're in crisis mode. It's not hard to pray when the house is on fire. It's not hard to pray when the ship is going under. Amen. But I don't want to just be that guy that the Lord only hears from when something's going wrong. And so how much time does this involve? What, what are we talking about here, Brother Boyd? How much time should I set aside? Amen. I, I'm not, I don't think the Scripture speaks of a time, and I don't think the Scripture speaks of a time on purpose. Amen. I think the question that we must ask ourselves is this. And so again, I'm just coming down to every pew. I'm looking everybody eyeball to eyeball. And here's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Is what I'm currently doing working? Do I have the joy and the peace of the Lord that I need in my heart every day? Do I have love in my heart for God and for other people every day? And do I generally overcome temptations that come my way? And if the answer is not a resounding yes, then what we're doing is not enough. And we've got to reach down and turn up the fire a little bit more. I've got to spend a little longer in prayer and a little bit more time in the Word. And that could vary from person to person. But, but uh, there are certain things that we all should do. I believe that every day, and certainly I would suggest that every morning, we should give ourselves to prayer and the Word of God. Throughout the day, instead of being constantly glued to our phones and our computers... You know, it's I, I, I'm, I'm guilty, so I'm not throwing rocks, I promise you. But it's convicting to me when you walk in a place of business and you see people perhaps in a waiting room. And from the youngest to the oldest. That doesn't necessarily mean we're doing something evil. I've got good books on my phone that I can read. If I can get the font big enough to see. Several Bibles are on here. So that doesn't mean you know something is vile. But the whole, the whole thing is, is that we're just so connected. Please don't raise your hand. But how many of you have ever gotten a good distance from your house and realized you forgot your phone? And you said, no big deal. It'll be there when I get back home. No. We did one of those Hawaii Five-O Steve McGarrett deals. <laughs> right, right down in the ditch, over the median. But we're an hour from home. It's it, it's okay because we are addicted. We are addicted. I'm. Mean, there's a few exceptions in the room, but don't you get cocky about that because <laughs> amen don't get all high and mighty about that because you may be connected to something else but we're addicted to this I mean computers I, it's, we're just there we're, we're not getting there we're there and so we need to unplug ourselves and give us time to go pray that's, that's what I've said many times that this is not a healthy thing to take with you to prayer I know that we take it there because we can keep notes on it and and we can look up Bible scriptures and things of that nature, but you can also get a text message while you're praying. And, and so you've got to put that thing in airplane mode and say, I'm, go, I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna put that thing in heaven mode, I should have said maybe. And we're going we're gonna to disconnect here for a little while. So here, here it is. I think the bottom line, 
If you spend a little time in prayer, you'll have a little power. But if you spend much time in prayer, you'll have much power. If you spend inconsistent time in prayer, you'll have inconsistent power. Amen. Specific times, I believe, involved will vary for each person, of course. But I believe the scriptures reveals to us that we must spend some time. And can I just use a word here today that I think we should, we should take to heart. I believe that we should spend significant time with God in prayer. Significant time with God in the word. Busyness is exhausting and it's unsatisfying. And it, and it ultimately undermines our relationship with the Lord. And so the Sabbath principle is a call to enter into the Lord's rest by taking off the yoke of busyness and letting, putting on the yoke of His peace and His power in our spirit. We must, we must. If we do not, amen, if we do not, we're going to miss key voices and key commands of God. Pardon me for an age-old illustration, but I... I just it's just something that comes to mind to me so often personally on a day on a in my own personal life not necessarily on a daily basis but in my personal life but when when Abraham was taking Isaac to the Mount Moriah before that the Lord spoke to Abraham he was just minding his own business having an ordinary day many of you've heard this illustration several times and the Lord said Abraham Abraham where art thou and Abraham said here am I Lord so I'm going to just draw a line in your life, in your mind. Here am I. This is where he was. He said, go where I'll tell you, you of. So three days later, his world is upside down, completely upside down. He's offering his only son, a promised son, on a sacrifice unto the Lord. And when he is about to take his life, the angel of the Lord speaks and says those same words, Abraham, Abraham, where art thou? And Abraham was able to still say, here am I. Amen. I didn't allow the circumstances of life. If Abraham had been so disillusioned with the process and charging God, and if he had been angry and bitter about where he was, he would have never heard the voice of God to spare the son and not take the son. And so I will tell you today that we that comes from a relationship with God. We've got to hear the voice of the Lord. Those that people that you are in relationship with. Many times you don't even have to say anything. Body language can say. Voice tones can say. I don't mean those in negative ways, but it's because we are in regular communication with them. And so I will tell you that if we're going to hear the voice of God, we have to give ourselves time to prayer, give ourselves to the reading of the Scripture, and we must give ourselves to being in fellowship with other believers. Amen. Sometimes... We don't even realize how much we have taken on the yoke of busyness. Amen. And sometimes the Lord has just got to come down just like he did with Martha and say, Martha, you got to let it go. Amen. Because I need you in my presence. And so I want to say in summary today that, that the difference between Mary and Martha should not be an either or proposition for us to say, well, either I'm going to be a worker for the Lord or I'm going to be a worshiper for the Lord. Because I believe that we can be both. That we can find that balance and be a worshiping worker for the Lord. That we can have an intimate relationship with Him. And that we can be used of Him mightily. Amen. I don't believe in order for the Lord to use us, we've just got to go move into a cave in Montana somewhere. 
so that, that that's not practical in every case. Amen. That's not practical. We've got to say, Lord, I've got a real life before me. Many of you, you've got businesses to run. You've got children to raise. You've got a lot of things that are going on. I don't know of anybody that don't have a lot of moving parts in their life. And so I don't think, Lord, that I have to sacrifice one on the altar or the other. I believe that you can help me to successfully find balance in that. And so this month we're going to be talking about unplugged. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to give some, some real principles that can help us. And so I want us to commit ourselves to daily prayer daily reading of the Word of God, and let the Spirit of the Lord touch our hearts today. Amen. And years ago, we did something as a church. It was quite interesting. It was a very private journey for everyone, but we created a 21-day journal, and we just ask you to not share this with anybody, but we just ask people to write down their times of prayer because sometimes we can think we're doing a whole lot more than we really are. Write down what time you start praying. Write, time what, write down what time you stop praying. Amen. You'd be surprised how long it takes eight minutes to squeeze by sometimes. And it was a private journey. Write down the times that we read the scripture and how much we read and what we read. Write down the times that we fast. It was a personal consecration journal. Amen. I'm just throwing that out there to you today. We might be really, really ahead of the game if we say, Lord... I want to make sure I'm giving you what's right. I want to make sure I'm giving you what's due. Let's stand together. Thank you for your attention this morning. Amen. I want, to, I want us to take just a few minutes, if you will, and maybe step across the aisle and greet somebody. Amen. You already know them perhaps, but even if you don't, some of our guests today, if you don't know them, introduce yourself. Amen. And let's just have a great time in the Lord. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in our second service, so let's let the Spirit of God touch us together. Thank you for your word today, God. And I'm asking you to strengthen us and allow us to commit it to our lives. May the power of the Holy Ghost reside in us in a, in a, in a powerful way to strengthen us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Greet one another, if you would, in the fear of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.